from the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb, school counselor, USCA board member, and every week I'll be speaking with different counselors and professionals that will be giving us valuable information in our counseling world. We cannot wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody, to The Sounding Board from the Utah School Counselors Association. I'm Nate Webb, your host, and I have here with me Jesse Colts, the director of the USU School Counseling Program. Not only is she the director of the Professional School Counseling Program, Master's Program at Utah State, she is also a nationally certified counselor, nationally certified um, licensed school counselor, associate clinical mental health counselor. She's the director of a research academic development champions for mindful um, SEAD through the Nevada Department of Education. Holy crap, Jesse, this resume, man. Um, <laughs> and also the president and CEO of the nonprofit Mindful Health Initiative and currently serve as the legislative liaison for the Utah School Counselors Association. And we are so lucky to have her. Thank you, Jesse, for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and chat with you. Absolutely. So you've been, you were a school counselor for eight years in various settings. Um, and actively, actually, you practice as an ACM. What, what does ACMHSC stand for, for those who don't get acronym world in education? CMHC, so clinical mental health counselor. Um, so I am a, uh, an associate counselor. I'm still doing my hours towards that licensure I was dual certified after my master's program and went into school counseling and did not pursue clinical counseling until right. my PhD program. So <laughs> I'm kind of in my beginning hours stages. <laughs> she shrugs when she says PhD, you know, no big deal. Yeah. It's not my PhD. It's a thing. So what got, what, what prompted you to go into school counseling in the first place? I mean, you're a director at Utah state university. Now, what prompted you to become a school counselor in the first place? I, I've always had a passion of working, you know, with youth and with children. Um, I, my undergrad degree was in early childhood education and psychology, uh -huh. and I've been a coach in various settings, um, swim coach, softball coach, um, you know, running track coach, cross country coach, triathlon coach, most recently, oh. um, cycling coach. And I've just loved helping support students. And when I had my first internship in my senior year of my undergrad degree with a school counselor. I was like, this is, this is my jam. This is going to be my career. I I'm going to love being a school counselor and I have, and I still identify as a school counselor. It's been a great, great career path for me. And I've enjoyed, enjoyed my time. Um, and yeah, it brought me to where I am now. And what levels did you work at when you were a school counselor, elementary, middle, high, all of the above? All of the above. I started out in elementary in Virginia and then actually moved out west right after that first year and was an elementary um, special education counselor for two years, which was an, a really great experience. Um, worked with a specific caseload of students, you know, going back into the classroom um, and working on specific skills and integrating with gen ed students. And then I went into middle school for a year and then back to elementary um, right before I did my PhD. So that was about five years before I started that program. And then I was able to have a part-time 
um, job as a grad assistantship and then for a year through my program and then went into high school at a private high school. So I've kind of dabbled in all the different areas. So now that you've been in all the different areas, like especially elementary, middle and high school, which one was your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> I I love them all. And I, I haven't had the public school, um, you know, view of high school, just the private school. So that was different right. too, but that was still great. I love middle school, but I have always been drawn to elementary school. I get along with those kids so well, I feel like, and I can just I don't know, I can have fun and, you know, just kind of put on my, my happy face all day. And it's not a lot of drama and it's been, you know, yes. just my favorite place to be and to try to influence and, and support the communities I've worked with in those settings. I love that, especially because elementary school counselors are becoming more and more in demand, especially in our state. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, I mean, step in all the school counseling programs in the state that are trying to step up and, you know, produce as many school counselors as possible. Now, Utah State University, um, their school counseling program has been around for a while. Um, the, it was created actually by my grandpa, Keith Checkett. Um, Love Keith to death, man. It's been a while. And then he handed it over to Camille. And then Camille recently retired to Camille Odell. And now you're in charge of it. Um, and you definitely not as old as either of them. Uh, <laughs> and I love that so much, getting some new blood in there. Now, before the, 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 the way the model that it was set up every other year, there was an in-person cohort at Kaysville. And then every other year, there was an online cohort where they would meet at their local USU extension because we have one in every single county. Um, and then they would meet that way. I understand that is not how we're doing things anymore. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Um, my program staff did some research with myself and my department head this past year. And come January, we actually made the announcement within our university and across the state to move to a web-based program. So this is actually our last Kaysville cohort that is in their internship right now. Mm -hmm. um, I worked with them in the spring in practicum and in the summer in our evidence-based interventions course. And I'm right now a, a internship secondary supervisor with them. So they are our last Kaysville cohort. We have just brought on our new kit cohort that would have been Kaysville if we were going down that route. Um, but it was advertised since January as a web-based program. Um, right now we have a couple classes on Zoom and we are speaking with our student advisory board, our stakeholder um, committee on different in-person components to integrate into those experiences for students across the state and across those next two and a half years that they'll have time within this program. And that's awesome because that enables a lot more students to enroll in the program every year instead of because when I what I came in, it was one of the largest in-person cohorts. So my first my first year was 18 because I was done in 20, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. And so we had like close to 40 in person. And the year after us, they had a bajillion online people. It was like 200 or 90 or 84. something. 84. <laughs> you know what? I embellished. Just kidding. It was close to 90. Um, but yeah, 84. It was a big, big online group. Um, one of my cohort mates, Evan Dane, shout out to Evan. She was a TA for that group. And she's like, guys, it is so big. 
Um, and just because the need for producing counselors is just increasing right now. Do you have schools contacting you quite often asking like, hey, is this person done yet? Can we employ this person as a school counselor? Like, do, do you have any people that we can hire? We need people. Yeah. And I think all of the pre-service school counseling programs really get hit with that in their different respective areas too, of, you know, having, whether it's interns hired on full time mm -hmm. um, throughout their internship year, um, or asking what are the requirements for students that are pre-internship. Um, so it's been a conversation across, you know, the directors and state level um, individuals. And it's, yeah, definitely a need, but the new programs that have been coming into play, like UVU right. um, are supporting more school counselors too, especially down in that pretty populated area in South mm -hmm. Salt Lake. Yeah. And so with this new model, about how many students are you taking on every cohort now? Um, I mean, I guess that depends too right. on, I mean, you've done um, it twice now, I guess, but <laughs> well, this is actually, this is my first cohort that I brought on last year. I wasn't in, um, a part of the admissions process. Right. I didn't come on until August and admissions were done, um, in May. Gotcha. So, yeah. So this was the first time from admissions to first class that I was a part of, and we had 33 students join us this year. Um, we had about maybe, I think, 39 or 40 students apply um, and go through the application process with us. Um, so I think, you know, in the coming years, it depends on, you know, what is our population, right. like who is interested in this right. model that we are, um, you know, proposing and going forward with. And then going through our, our process of admissions and um, looking at, you know, different criteria for admissions, you know, who is going to kind of go all the way through to start their courses. Right. And, and I, I am curious, what are some of those criteria? Like someone's like, I want to be a school counselor. And what would maybe make Utah State a good fit for them? Like what's some of those criteria so that, you know, we want, we want plenty of people, but we also want good candidates, right? Right. Yeah. And that's what we're all striving for. And I mean, people are here to grow too. I mean, we, we are not perfect when we go into our first year of our master's program. No. <laughs> <laughs> we learned so much throughout that process. And I mean, reflecting back on, you know, both of my graduate, you know, years, I had, you know, two different, one two-year master's program and then one three-year PhD program. And from the beginning to the end, you're developing, mm -hmm. you know, professionally, personally, so much um, with the new knowledge and the new experiences that you're, you're, you've been given. Um, but yeah, um, most of the pre-service collaborative um, and, and school counseling programs across the state have um, minimum GPA requirements, right. different supplemental items, right, that, that need to be included, be it like letter of intent or letters of recommendation from mm -hmm. those that people work with professionally. Um, we are going to be including a resume with this upcoming cohort to Ooh. see, you know, what are their past experiences with um, like the helping pr profession in kind that like way. a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. Yep. Gotcha. And then we, this last year was the first year we, um, have implemented, um, interviews. So we did 30 minute awesome. interviews with everyone. And that was just a great way to get to know the student, a potential student, um, and to get to know them professionally, personally, um, assess different dispositions and kind of see what their goodness of fit is for the profession. And, you know, if they don't meet that criteria, it's giving them that feedback of right. now this is what you can do for next year if you're interested in applying. I love that. I would have killed for an interview. So I initially actually applied for the school psychology program at Utah State. 
um, and did not do well in the interviews. It did, it was it was my first interview experiences at, at a grad school level. It did not go well. And I heard about and that and but one of the people in the in that in that cohort for school psychology told me about a school counseling program. And I'm like, okay, how do I apply for interviews there? And I learned there are none. And so I got on my suit and my and my tie and I went over to Camille's office because I was leaving to go sell pest control in Oklahoma in like three weeks. And I was like, oh, I need to talk to somebody. I need to get into grad school because a bachelor's degree in psychology is not exactly the most useful thing um, <laughs> as far as jobs for a high paid salary. And so, and so, yeah, I went and introduced myself and kind of like gave myself an interview to her, like, hear me, please, please. Oh, and, and it went well. So I think that's awesome that you're giving kids, a, I mean, I say kids, but you're giving these students, these full grown adults um, chances to, to, you know, know you and you know them and, kind of yeah. get a, a glimpse for what the program is going to look like and get feedback. That's an amazing thing. I love that. Yeah. And we do have applicants from, you know, all age, age areas yes. to, oh, yes. you know, that are second career professionals coming back or haven't been in the workforce for X amount of years. Um, so it's, it's a great, um, yeah, I think program and kind of looking to like the strengths of our program too, being at night once a week, mm -hmm. um, that is a model that we are continuing with, um, and adjusting um, with feedback from our students and our stakeholders, too, of, you know, what is the best pedagogy with content that we're giving classes. I mean, you went through the program, two classes back to back at a night after work. Know, six it's to 10 p.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was in Kaysville cohort, too. Yeah. Drive from but, Logan I mean, to Kaysville and back. Yeah. So it's really, um, I mean, serving those individuals that are working and um I know maybe a lot of, of students are coming from the education field, but a lot of students don't too. They come from other yeah. fields and are interested in getting into education and, mm -hmm. and counseling was what attracted them to, to this, the program. I've noticed actually a lot of people where school counseling is their second career. We have a counselor um, that, that worked here at the, at the high school that I work at. Um, he was in the military for 25 years. Um, and then he decided to become a school counselor and he was at our high school for a while. All of the kids with IEPs had the same school counselor. And so he was the IEP school counselor. And we're like, oh, how long have you been doing school counseling? Only about 12 years. I was in the military for 25. I was like, holy smokes. That's so cool. Yeah. And they bring, I mean, people from diverse backgrounds too, right? Like bring a girth of knowledge and experience from those other um, you know, opportunities and careers that they had and those that are just out of undergrad or, um, you know, going back for maybe another graduate degree, bring a different experience too. And I think it's just, it's learning from each other, just like we do in the school setting, right. From those mm -hmm. multidisciplinary teams and different, um, areas just to kind of gain more knowledge and insight into things that maybe were outside of our, our, you know, box or our blinders, you know, mm -hmm. we didn't really realize we're there. Now, something that I think is really, really cool. So like you're the director of the, of the, of the counseling program over at USU. And for the first time in that program history, the director of the program is a school counselor. That was a school counselor once upon a time. Mm 
That is huge. Like I cannot tell you, there are so many districts where the director of counselor for that district has never been a counselor, has never been a teacher, has only been some sort of admin in a district position. Having a counselor as a director of the counseling program to advocate for the counseling program, it's, it is huge. How, how did you feel coming into that? Because you're also the youngest director coming into that position. Like, how did that feel coming into that, knowing that I am a school counselor and I'm going to be the director of this program now? I mean, I think that's something that you, you would want and that you strive for, you know, in, in any type of pre-service program, right? Someone with that experience or knowledge base, I know that that was a criteria when they were searching um, for the person to fill this position that I was able to, to receive and get offered. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think, I know you keep going back to the youngest and I've, I know, I, I know like I, I'm tooting that horn pretty hard. It's so cool. <laughs> Jesse, it is so cool. You're what? You're 32, 33? Yeah, 33. Yeah, you're 33. <laughs> you're 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 like two whole years older than me. But I mean, that's also something that I mean, kind of looking at it too, I bring to this diverse right kind of background too of I've been in these different areas and just because I'm quote unquote young, um, compared to others, I mean, it's I'm still learning right from from right, right. you know, professional development, but I do have right some other type of background to bring to the table. And I guess that's what was exciting and hopefully something that I can connect with students on. I know a lot of our instructors um, have our, our practicing counselors across the state, which is great. And then, you know, having myself as, you know, another a fa- full-time faculty member for them, having that experience and not really far removed. I mean, I was counseling in the spring of 2021 at a middle school before I graduated from my PhD that's program. So. so- crazy cool so i'm curious how many states are you licensed in to be a school counselor uh i think four so (laughs) (laughs) but you can only have one license at a time so i mean i when i transitioned to one state and then the other and then i mean i was nevada then california then back to nevada but gotcha gotcha is your current so because you're in utah is your current license a utah one yes yeah gotcha gotcha Mm -hmm. Man, that is so cool. And it's I I just love talking, like just getting the perspective of new people coming into a new position that have a new perspective that oftentimes other people haven't seen or heard before, regardless of age, regardless of experience, everyone has a different perspective. And to get someone new, to get some new, new thinking, new perspectives in there is amazing. I think that's why, honestly, I mean, that's why people like you love your meetings with your shareholders, right? Like you can talk to them, get input so we can make improvements as we can to make things as, as efficient as possible so that A, we can get people out into the workforce and B, prepare them for the workforce. I remember my wife, uh, she, she taught middle school for a couple of years and some of the general education requirements as an education major, she had to go to some of these classroom management classes at like seven o'clock at night. And they're notorious for a lot of the education majors be like, why are they teaching me this? Because it's one of those, they felt like at least it was one of those do what I say, not as I do. Um, just, you know, how education hasn't changed in some aspects in a very, very long time. And so just seeing some change happening is really, really, really um, makes me feel good inside. There's a better word yeah. for that, but 
Yeah. And I'm excited about what the future brings. I mean, um, I'm trying not to, you know, move fast within with changes. I know that this web-based kind of format was a pretty fairly quick change, um, you know, within my first few months of being in this role. But I mean, really getting input and gathering data from from different perspectives is what I mean, I've been trained to do and what we as school counselors are trained to do and making sure that you know, different um, voices are heard mm -hmm. to make sure we have informed decision-making. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited um, in a couple of weeks and I don't know when this will be aired, but I'll be having our first um, stakeholder meeting um, with myself. So I'm, I mean, it's exciting to bring, you know, different parties and different, you know, perspectives from around the state to the table and see, yeah, what is the need and, and how can we we work together right in our, our pre-service school counseling programs to, to meet that need and to support these school counselors and training. I love that. Um, so if people are interested in applying for the Utah state, um, school counseling program, when are enrollment periods and how do they apply? So we have a, um, website that they can go to and, um, I don't know if you want to put that anywhere. Um, yep. but um, our platform, our web website is changing in the next few weeks here, but um, applications are open until March 15th, and we will have an open house actually in the coming month. I believe it'll be the beginning of November, um, and that information will be on that website too. Um, but yeah, it's really just going through this school of graduate studies, putting all your materials in their transcripts. Mm -hmm. Um, so that ref is re reflective of your GPA and then letter of intent, resume, re letters of recommendation, and then GRE or MAT, um, scores. And then just whatever else is, is required for that graduate school application will be all be in there. Sweet. And we'll have that link in the podcast description. So if you or someone you know is interested in doing the program at Utah State University, make sure to go check that out. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on today. I love talking to people and talking to you is just so fun. Um, learning all the different things that you're bringing to the table at Utah State. And you're always so inclusive of other programs. So many times I'm talking to other people, other heads of programs, um, and they're like, well, yeah, what sets us apart from, say, this school but you're like, no, and these schools like UVU's is great and the stuff. I'm like, yes, yes, we're supportive of our other programs. I love this so much. Yeah, and we, I mean, we're all different and we're on different areas and have maybe different missions, but we're all, you know, striving to support the same end goal is, you know, quality education for our school counselors and training across the state of Utah and ensuring that, you know, we are talking about different standards and competencies that that we are all aligning in our programs. Um, and as you know, and maybe, you know, people don't know, we, all of the programs in the state align or are closely aligned and moving towards alignment with KCREP standards. Um, and that is, and I'm happy to share that link too, but that is something that has been communicated with the state and just um, a state thing that is happening. Love that. So yeah, thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for listening to this episode of the sounding board from the Utah School Counselors Association. I hope you all have a wonderful day and we'll see you on the next one.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email the sounding board at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors to find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi-monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current Utah School Counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Utah School Counselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselors Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go.